Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about a sad topic of what if a parent doesn't like you. And this is something that really dramatically impacts people's self-esteem, as you could imagine. And um, many people think that uh, they are kind of alone in, in this sort of feeling or alone in how dramatically it impacts them beyond childhood. But uh, unfortunately, this is a fairly common underlying reason that people struggle in interpersonal relationships and uh, with self-acceptance and self-compassion. So we will dive into that right after I ask you to subscribe. The next episode will be a subscriber episode. The previous one was what uh, about when your wife feels overwhelmed and I'm sure the next one we're probably up to some something about sex. So hold on to your hats so we will have some subscriber episode about some aspect of sex next whatever occurs to me that the majority of my clients are wrestling with at the time um so back to the topic at hand right now so there are um there are a lot of ways that a parent can show that they don't like a child and there uh, if a parent is was not raised very well themselves and they come from a difficult upbringing and they did not particularly feel liked then and it is pretty hard for them to convey that they do like a child. Honestly, like the, the, the odds were against you feeling loved if your parent grew up with a dearth of love and affection themselves. Um, uh, so what happens sometimes, though, which is an unfortunate situation, is so let's say that you have a parent. The parent did come from an, abu- from an abusive situation or you've met your grandparents. You can concede that they are true assholes and you understand why your parent was uh, in a bad situation, but then your parent really likes your sibling, (laughs) you know, like that sucks. And there's like a lot of people in that situation where, um, yeah, they could understand that the parent went through some shit, but it would be a lot easier to understand that the parent is fucked up if the parent didn't like put their sibling on a pedestal and obviously show the capacity for love uh, vis-a-vis the sibling. So, you know, and and we could talk about why that is, you know, why they could prefer the sibling to you. Um, but this is another situation. So it's not only when a parent doesn't like you, that is um, something that people struggle with. It's when a parent likes you less than another sibling. And that can be particularly, um, you know, heartbreaking because at least if the parent acts like an asshole to everybody, then you can somehow conclude that, well, you know, who's the common denominator? But it's a situation where you are the least liked of the siblings that is particularly hurtful to children. 
Now, um, what are reasons that a parent could act like this besides that they were treated like this themselves? Well, there could be a temperament mismatch. You could be like loud and they're very quiet, quiet and they're very loud. You could remind them of themselves. You could remind them of a parent that they didn't like. You could make choices that they find um, philosophically abhorrent. You could reject their religion. You could reject some key aspect of what they think life is supposed to be. Basically, any reason. Usually, I talk about this from the perspective of I'm talking directly to parents of young children. I have multiple podcasts on what to do when your kid is annoying, what if you have a favorite child, all that. So it's like that, but you got to think about it from the perspective of what if I'm talking to your parent, like all those same reasons would apply. So there, one good thing to do is to literally figure out literally, why doesn't my parent like me? Like, I've always felt like they don't really like me. And these are the things I've told myself. But if I try to get real granular and really objective, why really is it? You know, like sometimes your reasoning is not accurate. Sometimes if you take a step back and you try to look at it, like, like you've always thought, let's say, that your mother preferred your brother to you because he's uh, the one that's good at school. But if you look at it more objectively as an adult, you may be like, Oh, like I'm a woman and my mother hates women. Well, I shit, I didn't have a shot. You know, why does she hate women? Well, because she was, um, you know, her she hates her own mother. Oh, okay, that could make sense. So this is some of a lot of what people do in therapy is understand why really they had the role that they had, and if they were the scapegoated or the least preferred child, we try to understand. I mean, this has nothing to do with forgiveness. These things are completely orthogonal. But if you can understand why a parent did not like you or why you triggered them, it can help you to take a more objective view of the situation and increase your self-compassion. Like, boy, I really didn't have a shot. I feel bad for myself, you know, coming into that situation. Like, there was no way, you know, that my mother was going to like me, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Other reasons are that a parent is struggling with depression. A parent is struggling with bad anxiety, with trauma, with substance abuse. A lot of different reasons for a parent not being able to bond with you. So that's another way to think about it. You may think they just didn't like you, but maybe they were unable to bond with you at a critical moment. Now, if their life was extremely stressful, especially when you were a baby, then you may have gotten off on the wrong foot through, obviously, goes without saying, no fault of your own. You know, and um, so, like, for example, if your mother had postpartum depression, when you were a baby and it was never treated and it just turned into a recurring, you know, uh, beads on a string of depressive episodes throughout her whole life, then yeah, like she didn't really have a shot to bond with you. You remind her of the first original postpartum depression and, and that's what happened. So there could be myriad infinite reasons that a parent does not like a child, all of which are terribly unfair and upsetting and, you know, that that's terrible, you know, and you need to cultivate self-compassion for being being the child that wasn't liked. This is uh, a, a really, a really sh- shitty kind of uh, lot in life to be the child that was not preferred or a child that was not liked at all. And that this needs generally to be processed in individual work. You know, this is a big issue. And there are many, many consequences of this. The first is that we look at our parents for how to think about the world. 
if your parent doesn't like you, then you assume you're unlikable. You don't think when you're a kid, you barely think like this as an adult, you're going to start trying. And maybe if you're in therapy, you're already trying to understand why, you know, from an objective level, like this adult that was your parent had trouble bonding to the baby that was you. But you're certainly not going to think like that when you're a kid. You think, boy, I must be unlovable. You don't articulate it, but it seeps into how you view yourself. If even your mother doesn't love you or your father, even a parent doesn't love you that's supposed to love you, you come out of their body or they adopt you or whatever, they, 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 they picked to have you around and or, you know, they, they, they should have liked you, you know, all of, all of the ducks were in a row for them to like you, you were their child, people tend to like their children, everything was set up like that but then they didn't well then you you conclude as a kid with no further information about human psychology that you just must be the issue you just must be such an unlikable unlovable unappealing sort of person that even a parent couldn't like you so of course what does this do to your self-esteem and the book mean mothers by peg streep talks about this vis-a-vis the mother relationship but there are you know other relationships like toxic parents by susan forward and other uh, books on my Dr. Samantha Rodman.com uh, reading list. That's my uh, other professional site for just my practice. And there's a reading list on there. So I have a million books, especially on adult children of dysfunctional families, right? Um, and this is certainly makes it a dysfunctional family. So if you're like, no, we're just this like normal family, but my mom doesn't like me. No, no, you're not. You're an adult child of a dysfunctional family. And having that rubric uh, under which to understand everything that goes on can really help you, you know, can really help people to understand really what they're dealing with here. Because it's fairly dysfunctional not to like your child you know like if you're somebody who's listening you're like oh fuck I don't like my child does that make me dysfunctional yeah like not like bad not I'm judging you like yeah that's bad you know you gotta like your kid on some level and as I say and encourage you in the podcast directed toward the parents struggling with dislike of a child just don't show them try to follow all my advice in the podcast about what do I do if I don't like my kid or my kid is annoying and go to therapy because nine times out of ten if you find it hard to like your kid it's because you didn't feel liked by a parent so it's the the biggest uh the most easy template for you the most obvious path is how to act toward a kid that you don't like because you learned that real good from growing up how you grew up not feeling liked you don't really know how to like a child that you're with. Now you're going to say, but what about the sibling situation? The sibling situation is, is is different based on every sibling. Usually a parent that hates themselves loves the sibling who's the least like them. So therefore a mother with self-esteem issues will hate the daughter and love the son. Um, and, uh, you know, if, the, if it's a mother who has two daughters, the one who looks less like her or the one who acts less like her is going to be the prized one and the other one who's more like her is going to be the one that she doesn't like. If you're dealing with a narcissistic parent, then they're going to like the one that's just like them or the one that gets the most accolades and the one that, you know, through whom they reap the most, uh, you know, uh, audience engagement that they can go to, you know, wherever they go and say, oh, my son got into college at this place and everybody will be like, oh my God, he's so smart. And then meanwhile, if you were the one who didn't go to college at such a lofty institution, then the parent who is narcissistic doesn't have much use for you. Um, so it's, 
the fact that your parent liked a sibling more than you in no way means anything about you being a bad person or unlovable. It means that the dysfunctional entity that unfortunately was your parent was more linked and got more from the relationship with a sibling than from the one with you. There was more, um, there, there, you were more triggering for whatever reason to your parent than your sibling was. But when you're a kid, you don't see it like that. You just say, my brother was lovable and I'm not. So then what are the later in life consequences? Well, you could imagine it might be difficult and you would be right to imagine that it would be difficult to get into intimate relationships when you feel that you're unlovable. Because if even your parent didn't seem to love you much, then how are you going to think that a spouse does? So these are the people that get involved with spouses that don't really seem that into them, that reject them and that reject uh, their uh, overtures of affection if they even have the self-esteem to make any or that overall don't um, love them as much as the person the previously unloved child loves the spouse so it's an imbalance it's the same imbalance of yearning that the child experienced that the adult child experienced back in their upbringing when they were yearning for affirmation approval acceptance and love from a parent and the parent did not give it and in fact responded with criticism with ignoring with contempt with disgust with boredom etc etc Um, If you're listening to this, you're like, oh my God, sometimes I'm bored talking to my child, but I think I love them. Everybody's bored talking to their child sometimes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when literally a parent could not be bothered to ever engage with you and knew very, very little about your life and was contemptuous about what they did know. If you have experienced this, then you'll understand that description and hopefully be able to contrast it with, with whatever you are doing. Of course, If you're like, holy shit, that one sounds like me, the latter, then again, there's not shame in that. There's like, that would be an epiphany moment at which you would say, I really ought to get into counseling to deal with the way that I talk to my child because I fear that I'm replicating the things that I grew up with unintentionally and I don't want to mess up my child and then pass down intergenerationally self-esteem issues. So this would be a very reasonable and admirable conclusion if you do recognize yourself in a description. And that goes for all of my podcasts, all my posts, or all of anybody's podcasts or anybody's posts, is if you do recognize yourself in an unflattering description, there's no shame in that. The shame is in then saying, I don't really want to deal with that. Then, you know, that's not good. But if you ever do recognize yourself in a description that's unflattering or, or bad in some way for a family member, especially a child, and you don't deal with it that would be the issue if you are like oh wow that sounds like me and now I am going to seek therapy then that's very admirable so that's to the side so anyhow so you would have intimate relationship problems if you grew up with this you would have problems with making friends because you never really believe that they like you all that much actually Uh, you may have problems on the job but usually people turn into workhorses or people pleasers and the real issues come in the intimate relationship where they're constantly yearning for affirmation approval and acceptance from somebody in much the same way that they yearned for 
it from their parent when they were growing up. And because they never got it from the parent when they were growing up, it's very familiar to be in this constant yearning state where you never exactly feel like the other person thinks about you or cares about you as much as you think about them or care about them. So you end up being the workhorse of the relationship, pushing it forward, being the engine, and never really um, seeing that that person would um, put out the same level of effort or, uh, you know, real real engagement in the relationship that you do. Sometimes they would if you just stopped compulsively being the engine of the relationship, but sometimes they wouldn't because you're literally drawn to somebody who likes you less than you like them because this is a familiar pattern to you from childhood given the type of upbringing that I'm describing. So if you do recognize yourself and these concomitant issues that I'm talking about, therapy I mean, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but this is a podcast by a therapist. Like most of the thing I'm going to say as an answer is going to be, why don't you try to work it out in therapy? Therapy is made for this. This is what therapy is for. It's to help people go through their dysfunctional early life experiences, draw direct relationships to what is going on now in the here and now, understand how these patterns started, and then try think of and try out new ways of engaging that could potentially allow you to experience new sorts of phenomena like for example a relationship where somebody really likes you as much as you like them doesn't that sound good but you can't get there yet because you're still hampered probably by unprocessed ungrieved family of origin issues specifically having a parent that acted like they didn't really like you which is majorly traumatic so If you were to work through that stuff and then experiment with alternate ways of being, by the way, if you grew up with a parent who didn't seem to like you, it's real uncomfortable to be around somebody who likes you. Like if you, you're like the person who goes on a date with somebody who's like really into you and you're like, "Mm, no, I really didn't like their shirt. So like, I don't think that's going to work. No, it didn't, nothing to do with their shirt. They liked you too much. The cardinal sin, because if even your parent didn't like you and you've not processed and worked through it, then it's not going to make sense to you when anybody likes you. Because if even your parent didn't like you, you therefore concluded, just to recap, that you're really not the sort of person that's very likable. And if somebody likes you, you really genuinely doubt their judgment and they lose, um, they, you estimate them as stupider because they like you and as less viable and attractive and appealing, much like that Groucho Marx quote that I feel like I've quoted a few times in my podcast of you don't want to be part of any club who would have you for a member. This is really endemic to the experience of people who had these sort of Um, experiences of feeling really unloved and you may say no no my my mother she loved me she loved me it's just like you know um, we have like a difficult relationship well yeah but if you had a million dollars to say whether your mother liked you when you were a kid if you got a million dollars for the right answer would you say that she liked you because if you would not if you would think that then you would forfeit the money (laughs) then because it's not true if 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 God himself came down and said if you tell the truth on this one you get a million dollars did your mother like you when you were little 
what would you say? Because if you would say no, then you're in the bucket of people for whom this podcast applies. And this isn't everybody, but you'll know it if it's you. And if it is you, then you should probably stop minimizing the impact that this had on you as a kid because it's a tremendous impact. Think right now about how you would feel hearing in 20 years that your kid said, yeah, I was always the one that you didn't like. If that would break your heart, then have that same type of self-compassion for your old childhood self and commit to working through this and to living a different sort of life when you can learn to build up the self-esteem that you should have had in the first place had you been in, you know, born into more auspicious circumstances. All right, so hopefully this resonated with whoever it was meant to resonate with. And subscribe if you like these podcasts. And the next one will be about sex, I promise. I just have to comb through my my mind for what that next special sex topic is going to be on subscription. And I'll talk to everybody soon.